show, tech show for non-tech people. This, this is the, the Data, Data Doctors, Doctors Radio, Radio Program. It is time to listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to the Data Doctors Radio Program, the multi-award-winning tech show for you non-tech people. Every week we help thousands of people with their broken computers and technology issues in our stores, in their offices, and their homes all around the country. Then we bring that experience to the radio to help all of you. We are the Data Doctors. It's Spanky over here. And Brandon, welcome back to the studio. That's right. That's right. We're here to provide education and entertainment. We call it edutainment. edutainment. Hey, T-Mobile kicks contract to the curb. Is that good for you? Ever wish you could customize your Facebook page? We'll tell you how you can. And Windows 8, it's been out for a while now. We'll tell you what we think about Windows 8. On it. Online. On demand. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen live. Download podcasts. And get helpful links. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Well, Brandon, I don't know how many years it's been. A long, long time. I think Michelangelo first came out in 1991. The, the virus, you mean, yes. not the person. Not the person, right. yeah. When Data Doctors first hit the airwaves at our flagship station, KTAR. And this weekend, we celebrate a very momentous occasion. Our final over-the-air broadcast on KTAR for the Data Doctors radio program. And we wanted to, first of all, thank everyone, all the listeners to KTAR and, of course, KTAR management for the years of support. And, and we are not going away. We're just changing locations. Essentially. Essentially. We're going all digital. We're going to be actually looking at maybe changing the format of the show as well. Um, but we want to make sure you can stay connected to us. So to do that, here's how you do it. Go to datadoctors.com slash radio. And on the radio show page, you can connect to us via iTunes. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher. If um, you want to do it old school, you could just bookmark it and then just go weekly and check it out and do whatever and do it. The old school style, and, and uh, part of this change, for those of you that listen regularly, there's a positive for you. We, you don't have to wait for Saturday evening or afternoon anymore. You can catch the show uh, after, anytime after 5 o'clock on Fridays now. So That's well, right. It's Arizona time anyway. Data Doctors On Demand. So if you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll have instant click-and-play access. All you've got to do to subscribe, go to datadoctors.com slash radio, look for the newsletter box, type in your email address, and that's it. Then you're a Data Doctors insider, and you get the show before everyone else does. That's right. Because we love you. Hey, Spanky. Yes, sir. Do you think pink? I'm coming out the, for you. No, the, 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 the pink phone company. Oh, with the hot chick, T-Mobile. The pink phone company. See, they're, they're the only company that was left that didn't have the iPhone. Well, now the iPhone comes to T-Mobile. Yeah, in a, in a kind of a different little twist, they're they're bringing it into their world with a no contract option for a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks, people are saying that's half the price. I'm guessing it's not the most recent. It's not like the five. It'll be the oh four. no, it's the five. It's the five. It's the iPhone for five. half the price of all the other guys and with no contract. So with, if I go to T-Mobile, Verizon, whatever, I pay two hundred bucks for the thing, right? And I have a two year contract at T-Mobile. I can get it for half price. No contract. What's the catch? Okay, so the catch is, first of all, the phone comes out Friday, April 12th. Um, it's a $99 down payment, okay? Okay. You're paying 20 bucks a month for 24 months. Oh, so there's a 24-month lease attached to the phone. Right, but it's your phone. It's not a lease. It's a buy. You're buying the phone, okay? okay. But unlike a traditional contract where the subsidy is carrying the lower price, you know, okay. the, you're subsidizing the device. You're paying for the device. You're paying a discounted rate over time. But if you're looking at not a discounted rate, I'm paying twenty bucks. Twenty Let's bucks. Do the math on this. Twenty times, times twenty four. Twenty four. So times twelve 20. is uh, uh, two forty, and then another two forty is five hundred bucks plus the hundred bucks I paid up front. What do you say? Two forty plus two. Oh, yeah, two forty. Okay, yeah. I'm paying. You're paying full $600 price. Six hundred dollars. Right for the phone. You're paying full. I'm price. I'm buying the phone. If I if I break my phone and I go and buy a new phone and I don't get the contract extension, whatever, mm -hmm. right? That's what I'm paying for the phone. So I'm paying for the phone. I'm just like 600 it. bucks. But okay. let me give you a breakdown because a lot of people, it's just like people buy a car. Oh, what's my monthly payment? What's my monthly payment? Look, forget about the monthly payment. Let's talk about what you're actually going to pay for the phone. So 600 bucks, 600 bucks. But if you paid for a subscription, a, a contract yeah. over the course of two years, you would spend are you ready for this? Excluding taxes, $2,875. On whose service? 
Uh, I I just randomly picked one. In fact, this one I pulled up is uh, Verizon. Okay, right. If but I, I could also, without a contract, go to Verizon with a. I could buy the phone for six hundred dollars, have no contract. And just pay them. And so I, I can do what I'm doing with T-Mobile. T-Mobile is just going to finance it for me. Right. But but hear me out. Okay. So if you did the same thing with Verizon, it, you'd be spending on a contract $28.75 over two years. Yes. That same no contract deal with T-Mobile, even though you're paying for the phone over time. Right. $22.70. So you're going to save about 600 bucks. So the, po- pro- the cost of the phone, I'm going to save back. Over the right? two-year period. All right, so basically, I'm paying the same thing <laughs> over the two-year period. Uh, well, you're saving six hundred bucks, but the six hundred bucks I had to spend on the phone that I wouldn't have to spend. No, that six hundred bucks is inc- that's including oh, the cost oh, of the oh, phone okay. and your service. So I I'm saying six hundred bucks less on the no, contract. No, no, no. I got you. <laughs> so you're saving money if you do the no contract deal. Now, would I jump ship from AT and T or or Sprint or Verizon to go to T-Mobile? Hell no. The sexy girl isn't enough to make you jump. They're ship. horrible. What's horrible? Uh, first of all, the service. They say that they've got more 4G coverage than anybody else. That's FAUX, F-A-U-X. So anybody that I've known or currently know that has T-Mobile, their biggest complaint is that they picked the wrong network. Yeah. The hype on TV and the hot girl eh, <laughs> doesn't translate to the reality. For those of you who watched Sesame Street growing up, do you remember Snuffleupagus? That was a big elephant looking That's thing. That's right. Do you That's remember how slow Snuffy moved? Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. Okay. He's kind of like Eeyore. Um, Snuffleupagus slow. And, and that's the problem with the Sprint network. Um, if you're going to jump ship and say, well, I'm going to go to Sprint, uh, I'm going to go to the uh, T-Mobile because they don't have a contract, you've got to stop for a second and look at what you use your phone for. By the way, you can do no contract over at Cricket and you buy the phone and same, same right. kind of deal. Um, and, and more and more, everybody wants these unlocked phones so that you can go from carrier to carrier. Listen, even an unlocked phone isn't going to help you because the, there's CDMA, there's GSM. If you go from a CDMA network to a GSM network, you can't take that phone with you. So slow your roll. Look at the best carrier for you. Don't just jump ship because it's a great deal. Yeah, great deal sometimes aren't always great deals, so be careful there. Hey, still ahead, the scary news about Java attacks you don't want to miss. Also, after the break, would you jump into Windows 8, or are you still waiting? We'll tell you what we think and give you our opinion. It's all coming up right here on the Data Doctors radio program. Business owners, if you're tired of playing whack-a-mole with your business technology, help is just a phone call away. Whether you have three or 300 computers, call us, the Data Doctors, to schedule a free technology assessment and get a prescription to relieve your pain. Imagine putting the days of technology problems behind you. Let the collective intelligence of Data Doctors Business Services allow you to focus on your business, not your technology problems. Call 888-545-1988 and schedule your free technology assessment today. Quit struggling with technology on your own. Get the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team for less than the cost of a single IT person. And we've seen it all. We've been helping businesses with their technology for nearly 25 years, and we can help you too. Get relief today so you can be more productive tomorrow. Call 888-545-1988 to schedule your free business technology assessment today. That's 888-545-1988. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Hey, if you want to hear the Data Doctors Radio Program before anyone else does, you can become a Data Doctors Insider today. That's right. You sign up for our weekly newsletter, datadoctors.com slash radio. And all newsletter subscribers, like you, you get instant access to the radio show early. That's right. Click and listen access. Easy. Subscribe to the newsletter, datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the tech show for, for non-tech, non-tech people. The tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. That's a place you can go anytime you have a question for us, like what? Mary did. I wonder if she had a little lamb. Oh. Bet you she's never gotten that in her life. Never, ever. Not like I have ever gotten Ken and Barbie. Mary asks, what's your opinion of Windows 8? And uh, that, depending on who you are, can be met with all kinds of different answers. There are the the lovers, there are the haters, and then there's the rest of us that are somewhere in the middle. Um, 
Can I so, can I start? Yeah, you go ahead. I'm you're, no, the, you're the you're the Apple Mac fanboy freak, okay. so I'm sure you're gonna fall on the hater side. Um, are you ready? Are you I'm sitting ready. down, Brandon? Yes. I love Windows 8. Nice. I the Windows 8 interface, Mary. Um, to me, I actually enjoy working in the Windows environment over the Mac environment. I know. I know. Go ahead. Because. I, First of all, very intuitive, um, pretty easy to use. There, there's a slight learning curve for me because I'm a, a native Mac guy, but for the most part, very, very simple, easy operation. I love the fact that the uh, uh, the start it makes you a smooth operator. It does. The start screen. I love the start screen. Everything that you need is there, and it's very easy to just. You know, you click those big tiles and you can launch your Facebook from there. You can launch your email from there. Like the live tiles as well. I can see emails coming in uh, on that start screen while I'm using it. It's a very, but it's very different. It's very, you know, for, for hardcore, longtime Windows users, I can see where this is a little bit um, uh, difficult to transition. Yeah. So, so the, the big hang up for a lot of people, and, and there, there are a lot of people out there that think that Windows 8 is full of bugs and holes and problems, and so they're the, I'm going to sit on the sideline and wait for that to be solved. And the reality is that there are a couple of little bugs, like in any piece of software in any operating system, but most of them are little visual quirks and weird things that don't really impact usability at all. The majority of people that are, are the sideliners or the haters, I believe it's because they don't understand, and they haven't spent time, and they haven't experienced it, or they spent five minutes and just decided quickly this is dumb, Really, dumb translates to different, which translates right. to change, which people either accept or don't. And so I think there's a couple of big changes. And if you're one that's, that's on that side saying, well, you know, they messed up a good thing, there's a whole lot more than just the lack of a start button that's, that's different here and different good. There's a whole lot more than these colored tile icons that you can say look childish or silly. There's a whole lot more going on there that starts to step us in a direction that, that I think will start to make more sense as we go down that path further. So things to me like user interface, those, those big tiles that may not seem to make sense at first on your desktop machine might make a lot more sense when you start to think about the way we use tablets and phones where we have right. square app buttons and things are made bigger because of that touch environment. And I know we don't need that in our desktop environment necessarily, but trying to get people familiar and, and being fluid in one device to the next to the next and making that seamless, that's part of the goal here, and that's very purposeful. Right. One of the things that Apple still hasn't gotten down is that seamless interface between desktop and, and the iPad, iPhone experience. With Windows 8, uh, that's one of the things that really stands out to me is that now I can jump from a PC to my Windows phone to uh, a, a Surface, Surface Pro tablet, tablet or right. whatever, and and my experience, my tile layout, everything, I can have it be identical from device to device. So there is no curve going from device to device. And that's that's part of their strategy is not just a, a learning curve issue where you can have it look and function the same, but an actual feel issue where, where right. your tiles, the way you've arranged them, are the same across the devices. And your apps, the, the, the line between... You know, logging into a website like like uh, like uh, Google Documents or Gmail, or, and and working right and consciously having to do that, make that effort to open a web browser, and versus opening an application, which we're all still a little bit more comfortable in in general. Right. That line is becoming very blurry and very purposely blurry in the Microsoft world, where no longer should you think of opening a browser to get to your web-based apps. Your web-based apps should just work, work. like apps. And the things you do should stay synchronized and stay in harmony and work the same on all the devices. And so that's really the aim is, is taking this cloud stuff that we're all spending more and more time in and making it native to the device and making it work the same way on a tablet, on a desktop, on a laptop, on a phone. And whether or not you dig some of the specifics of what they're doing, what they're doing makes sense when you think about it from that standpoint. And I think you're going to start to see more 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 manufacturers, more the apples of the world are going to start yep. to follow suit because this idea, whether it's executed perfectly or not, the idea 
is a good idea and makes sense for the consumer and for the user. Right. So that's that's they're in the right direction there, I think. Brandon, Mary didn't address this, but I want to address this because this is something that we hear as a common complaint about the whole touch screen thing. Windows 8 doesn't suddenly make you have to touch your screen to get things done. If you're on a desktop computer or a laptop computer, it's the same as it's always been. You, you use your mouse, you navigate around the screen, and you click on stuff. The, the touch screens that people are talking about are the tablets and the phones, and not your computer screen. It's, it's, not touch, uh, it's touch ready, not touch mandatory. Right. So there's a, there's a confusion about that, and I think that's one of the big, oh, I can't switch to this. Now I've got to suddenly touch my screen to do everything I've been using my mouse for over the no, years? No, no, no. That just, it's, it's enabling that for the future, whether or not you use it today or even think you could have a use for it today. It, it, it's trying to get this thing set up for a whole new generation right. that's coming, and some of it is a little bit ahead of its time, but a lot of it's very useful today, and, and there's, there's some very smart, cool stuff there, especially the cloud integration stuff. Yeah, and if you're an Apple phone user, like an iPhone user, you can integrate your Windows 8 experience through SkyDrive. It'll actually sync your data from your iPhone into your Windows 8 world. So you can live in both worlds seamlessly. We're working on a video right now to show you some of the easy-to-use features of Windows 8. We'll have that ready in uh, just a couple weeks. Hey, coming up, uh, where's my backup? Also, Apple Maps gets an improvement on the inside. Inside? Inside of what? Huh. We'll tell you. Tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Drift HD Ghost. It's a new video camera that offers something GoPro doesn't. Drift HD Ghost sounds weird. It's a cool camera. It's got something very cool in it that I think is going to make it a very popular handheld mini HD camera. Go check it out. Datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. Got a tech question? Get an answer in English. Ask us now at, at facebook.com slash data doctors. So you want your answers in English? You've come to the right place. April asked on Facebook, just like you can, facebook.com slash data doctors. She asked, okay, your website said, go ahead and ask here on Facebook. So here goes. <laughs> My hard drive slash time machine is nowhere to be found all of a sudden on my network. And when I find Time Machine in the application folder, double-click on it, it asks where I would like to set up as my destination point for Time Machine. Uh-huh. And even if I say, yes, I'd like to set it up, it can't find it. Does this mean I buried the thing away or do I go get a new one? Or what, what happened here? What's, what's going on? Okay, so first of all, let's start with what Time Machine is. Um, for those of you who live in the Windows world, you don't know what a Time Machine is, or maybe you do. Uh, it's an Apple product is an apple backup product it's a it's made to be sort of a well it's network enabled so that you can well it doesn't have to be network enabled. no it doesn't it can be local or network yeah so you can set up a an external hard drive or an internal drive or a portion of your drive or a network device to basically store files and folders and changes and things it's it's just backup right right in the windows world we can do some of those kinds of things but apple has done a very good job of making it a one size fits all, and it will work the way you want kind of app. And Microsoft natively has some backup things built in, but this is probably a little bit more complete in its sort of totality. Yeah. So in all fairness and, and transparency to our listeners, um, April and I had a great uh, back and forth on Facebook about this, but I want to share this experience with you guys so that for those of you who may have the same issue or, or face this at some point, you know what to do about this. The, fir- the first thing you need to do is disconnect the drive and and then reconnect it. If it mounts onto the desktop, great. Then we have to figure out why it dropped off. That's not a big deal. If it doesn't mount, what you need to then do is go into your disk utility. Just like in the Windows world, there's a utility for the for Apple computers. And you go into disk utility and you see if you if the drive is grayed out and you can get it to mount. Um, if you can't, then obviously there's something going on that's causing this drive to to fail. Now, the bottom line is, if the drive is not even showing up in disk utility, it's dead. The problem is, what's dead? Is it the hard drive, or is it the, the chip, the logic board that interfaces with the external the enclosure? External enclosure? Right. So, so most of the time, that's what's going to go first, 
And the good news is... Or it got unplugged, or it could uh, be a lot of silly things. All sorts of crazy stuff. So rather than going through the how to taking this thing apart and you don't want to do that, drives are so inexpensive these days that you can go out and quickly replace it. A, A note of caution to those of you who have a backup like this, they are great to have. When you have a backup, you're doing exactly what we tell you to do. The problem is if you sit on this too long and something happens to your internal drive, right? you're SOL. You can't access your files. SOL means sorry, out of luck. Sorry, out of luck. That's yeah. what it means here at Data Doctors. Yeah, not the other thing right. that you were thinking it meant. Right. So, April, good for you for keeping a backup. Uh, bad for you. And good you. for you knowing that it was dead. You know how many yeah. people think they have a backup and only when they need to rely on it do they find out Uh-oh. it never backed up or it's been dead for years or good for you for knowing and checking and you deserve like a gold star. You get a pat on the back. So, hey, there's some health tech to help keep us safer from our doctors. Yeah, this is actually a pretty cool idea. A company has developed a, it's like a little wristband that your doctor, and I could see this being put to use in like restaurants, restaurants and things. Absolutely. And it's a wristband that keeps track of how often and how thoroughly your doctor is washing. Yeah. And washing his hands. And so... That's pretty cool. It's just using a little bit of technology to keep track and be able to pull reports and things. And so a hospital manager or a doctor's office manager can keep track of these things. Or like I said, we maybe you'll see this come into restaurants and other areas where where we could prevent some sicknesses and illnesses. If you've ever had food poisoning, you could appreciate right. this, right? Cool so stuff. Intelligent M creates the, uh, created this wristband. Check out. There's a little video uh, on how it works. We've got a link to it, of course, datadoctors.com slash radio. Hey, two for one, Facebook Q&A. We're going to get two in one segment here. Rick on Facebook asks, what's the name of the app that combines Twitter, Facebook, etc. Uh, into a magazine? Okay, so Rick, that is Flipboard. And uh, we talked about that, I think, a week or two ago. Flipboard, uh, it's an app that you can install that gives you that really personalized, customized magazine yeah, it feel. It makes it feel very magazine-ish and lets you... Slick it up. Yeah, and that leads us to Clarence's question. He asked like a follow-up. Hey, heard you talking about Flipboard. Can you recommend a version hmm. for PC users, something that I can use on my sort of desktop machine? Yeah, so while Flipboard, Clarence, doesn't have a, a PC version, there are a couple of alternatives that you can actually try for your computer. That I was going to say, go buy a magazine? No. Yeah, oh, <laughs> who does that? Um, so we've got Just a, for the articles. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the pictures. Um, so Surfboard is one of them. Uh, we've got a link to, uh, to four different Flipboard alternatives for your computer if you don't own an iPad. At the same place where all the links are all the time, datadoctors.com slash radio, of course. So now, Brandon, uh, we've been warning people for weeks about Java attacks. Yes. And, and do I disable my Java? Do I update it? Does updating even fix anything? Uh, every day they're discovering new stuff. What's, what's the deal with Java? And am I safe or do I just disable this, uninstall it, remove it forever? Right. Well, there is some damning information out there that just, it, it caught me by surprise this week. 94% of, 94% of the people using, who have Java installed, right? Installed are like years and years behind. Right. They don't have the updated... Because they don't know. It's insane. We're here to educate. If you listen to us, you'll know. You know by now. Update your Java, duh. Coming up, can Google kill Evernote? Also, should you upgrade your web browser? That's a big question. We're going to tell you. It's all coming up right here on the Data Doctors radio program. It's finally here. It's time to buy a new PC, but you're stuck. Hey, it's the Data Doctors here to help get you unstuck. When you buy a new PC from Data Doctors... We actually custom configure it right down to your operating system, Windows 7 or the new Windows 8. Now, if you're ready to be a trailblazer with your new Data Doctors PC, we'll configure it with the new Windows 8. But let's say you're not ready to jump feet first into the pool. If you like what you're used to, we can custom configure a Data Doctor system with Windows 7. We even have a third option. We can install Windows 8, but give you the look and feel you're used to, you know, the start button and all, and that way you're ready to go. And with any Data Doctors PC purchase, we transfer all the important stuff from your old computer for free. Windows 7 or Windows 8, Data Doctors gives you the freedom to choose. Oh, and if you have a PC and you want us to handle the upgrade, we can do that too. Now, get ready to experience award-winning service from Data Doctors. To find the location nearest you, go to datadoctors.com right now. Data Doctors. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. 
Hey, Apple spent 20 large, I mean really large, 20 million bucks to fix their mapping issue. You're thinking they're going to fix all those weird bridges and the roads that go into the ocean. And the buildings that don't exist. That's not the maps that they spent dollars to fix. They spent dollars to fix a different kind of map entirely. Things you wouldn't even think were maps. Well, you can check it out. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Trust me, it's cool. They're Trekkies and they're techies. We are neither. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Apparently we're ravers. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. That's where you can ask your question 24-7, 365. We answer them as quick as possible. Remember, we do have families and take weekends. To- we offer them like 12, 6, <laughs> something 380 like that. or something. I don't know. Cosme wanted to know, I listen to the podcasts at work. To, to, I listen to podcasts at work and have multiple shows that I listen to. Good for you. I use Apple's podcast app. I love that app, by the way. And with the update, I can't use the app how I like. I prefer to listen to my shows from oldest to most recent. Makes sense. I can't figure out how to change it if it's possible. It continues to group by show. I also prefer to listen to shows at one and a half speed, but not yours. Hey, nice. Cosme, suck it up. I like that. Maybe because we talk so fast. Maybe. If we talk faster, he'll have to slow us down. Slow it down. Uh, The reel used to be a nice function. I could move to a different part of the show. Can I still enable these functions if not, which podcast app would you recommend? Well, Cosme, because you flattered us and told us you don't listen to us at 1.5 speed and that you do actually listen to our podcast, we <laughs> thought we'd give you the tips and the things you need to be able to solve all of your wonderful problems. Because you, like a lot of the people, you upgraded and then went, wait a minute, all my stuff changed. Yeah, this isn't working right. Luckily, you can put all those things back and set it up exactly the way you like with just a couple of clicks. Right. So if, if you open, and for any of you who have the podcast app, which is, by the way, a great app for your iPhone, iPod, iPad. It's a ter- one of the my favorite apps because I, I A lot have, of people don't know it's a separate app you can get. Right. It used to be integrated into the iTunes And it sort app. of still is, but if you want to really get this thing juiced up, yeah. this is the way to go. Um, I subscribe right now, Cosme, to about 20 different podcasts, which is insane, but I like the ability to listen to multiple things. I'm going to pause you right there for yes. a second, because people are thinking, well, why would you subscribe to these things? Most of us have a DVR in our house. Yes. And why do we have such a thing? Because we want to listen to, watch the show when we want to watch it. We want to fast forward through commercials. We want to pause, rewind. Wait a minute. What did he say? I want to write that down, right? Yeah. So we have that already for our television experience. If you use something like the podcast app and you set things up properly and you pick the shows you like, you can do the exact same thing with radio. Right. You already have most of what you need to do it. The app is free. If you have an Apple device, the device you already own because you're doing it with something else. If you don't, you can probably do a lot of these things with other apps and other devices, any smartphone for sure. Anyway, it's the ability to record what you want when it happens, and then listen to it on your time with the ability to pause, rewind, stop, fast forward, whatever. That's Simple. the idea here. So now go back ahead. Okay, so if you open the podcast app uh, and and pick your favorite podcast, perhaps the Data Doctors radio program. Of course. I'm just saying. Or Data Doctors tech tips. There you go. You tap the settings, and then you can change the sort order to put the oldest on the top and then play the order, change the play order from oldest first. You oldest know, so, first, right. Old, which, which fixes that issue. The next issue is pretty easy to adjust as well. If you, if you tap the icon for the show that's playing, a menu actually kind of drops down or overlays. You know, if you, so if you see that picture of, of Ken and Brandon and myself, you just tap like that the picture. cover art kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and this menu drops down, and that brings up the playback speed options, your sleep timer sharing. Um, it, it's all there. It's just in a slightly different place. So tap the cover art. That's where your one and a half times speed will come back. Right. And then for the reel, uh, the same menu that allows you to change that play speed allows you to scrub forward and backward. But there's a better button. Cosme, in the main player, you'll see this circle that has an arrow in one direction, and then you'll see 30 next to it or in the, in the, the circle. Skip 30, right. And then there's the other circle going in the other direction. If you missed something that we said, something witty that I would say, and something silly that Brandon would say, you can hit yeah, the that's, that's how it works. rewind 30 seconds just you by pushing that button. tap it one time, it backs up 30 seconds and replays, and off you go. Right. And if you say, oh, I, I'm done with that, and you want to jump back ahead, you hit the forward 30, it does the same thing. So, yes, you can do that with 
the iPod what app? Podcast. Uh, podcast app. I was my mind blanked out. That's you being witty again. I'm. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, two times in two weeks, Walmart <laughs> technology in the news. This time, interesting idea. Actually, I, I I had a crazy concept for something like this years ago, and you didn't patent it. No, it, but it's different. It okay. applies to our business. I'll talk about that later with you. Anyway, Walmart is testing out something that actually is pretty smart. You you know they have this, you can shop online and pick it up at your local store, right? And that option is free, and lots of stores have this. But part of the pain of that is that when you go to the local store, you have to wait in line to... At the, for, at the and then they have to window. go find the thing, and then they have to bring it and charge you. And so there's this delay. And what they're testing out is is when the when the item is brought to the store, rather than putting it back in the warehouse where somebody has to go pick and bring it to you and you have to wait in line, they're setting up these lockers, and as long as your item is a standard size item, they'll have it in the locker and you'll get your email saying it's at the local store or your text or whatever, but not go to the customer service counter, go to this locker. And when you get there, you put in this little secret code or you, you put your device or whatever, and it unlocks the locker. You grab it out and off you go. And you don't have to get people involved. You don't have to wait in a the line. There's just like, you know, you, when you go to get your propane refill now, sure. they have those lockers where the... Yep. Same never kind work. of idea. <laughs> the well, lockers that never work. Hopefully these work better, but same kind of idea where let's just make this a little simpler. Let's eliminate the need for you to wait and have an employee go find, and it's, it'll just be in a locker for you to get self-serve. Wait, Walmart is doing some cool things. Between last week us talking about the Scan and Go, uh, scan and go app, or the Scan and Shop app. Uh, by the way, I've downloaded that app. I'm waiting for the first scanners to arrive in Phoenix, and as soon as they do, I'll be the guy in the store just testing it. I was uh, at a Costco a few years ago, and they were testing something like this. They had little scanners when you walked in the door. You scanned everything as you put it in your shopping cart, and when you went to check out... It was done. It was done, and and they got rid of it. I thought it was the coolest thing, but people really couldn't get the concept of this thing, so I, well, hopefully we'll they'll do better. It'll be on your iDevice, so this way, and your Android eventually. You're listening to The Tech Show for Non-Tech People, the Data Doctors radio program. Remember, you can ask your tech questions even when we're not on the air. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. Also, remember, we deal with computers and technology problems for a living. It's what we do. We're experts at this stuff. We can help you in our Data Doctor stores, in your home, at your business. We can even remote in right over the Internet, fix any of your problems. It's very easy. Hey, you like the program? Yes? Yes, yes of course. Let your friends around the world know they, too, can listen, laugh, and learn. The Data Doctors can be heard worldwide on Stitcher Radio. Hour number two is just ahead, so stick around. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss my witty comments. Yeah, your Get witty all comments. your tech answers in English at datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This, this is the Data, the Doctors, Data Doctors Radio, radio Program. program. <laughs> <laughs> Tech show, tech show for non-tech people. This, this is the, the Data, Data Doctors Radio Program. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to the Data Doctors Radio Program, the multi-award-winning show, tech show for non-tech people. Each and every week, we help thousands of people and their broken computers and technology issues in our stores, in their offices, and homes all across the vast USA. Then we bring that experience to the radio to help all of you. We are the Data Doctors, Spanky and Brandon, here to provide you education and entertainment. We like to call it edutainment. Hey, we'll tell you how to go from wired to wireless in your home. Also, how about controlling your PowerPoint presentation from your smartphone without an app? And if you're looking for an e-reader, we'll tell you what you need to avoid to be able to read it on the beach. Better answers than the guys overseas. The guys overseas. Or Uncle Jim's nerdy son. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. It's the tech show. The tech show for non-tech people. Poor Fa- Uncle Jim's nerdy son. I know. We beat him up every week. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. That's the place you can go anytime you have a tech question for us. Just like Ricardo. Rick- that was very nice, Brandon. I think of Ricardo Montalban. I think of Ricky Ricardo. Ah, 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 ah. Ricardo Montalban was much more smooth. Yes. He was. Welcome to Fantasy Island. And he have genuine Corinthian leather in his seats. Genuine Corinthian leather. You remember that? His Chrysler commercial? <laughs> yes, I do. We go off on tangents sometimes on the show, guys, Sorry. okay? Sorry. Bad. Ricardo. Ricardo. <laughs> he says, I want to wirelessly connect my PC to my internet, but I currently have a wired Ethernet connection on the PC. What are my options? Get wireless. Thank you. Next question. Ricardo. Well, first of all, first, uh, I don't normally give wireless advice, but when I do. <laughs> <laughs> he 
That he's, guy's name should be Ricardo. He's going to be doing this the rest of the show. Probably. All right, let, let's start with some basics. First of all. Are you threatening me? <laughs> you need to get a Wi-Fi router and create a network. You know, you have to create a network name. You can't right. just... Okay. You're likely going to be replacing your router because you probably already have one. And if you don't, then you would add a router to your equation. But when you go to do this, you're going to get a wireless router. We like the devices from Linksys, which is also now Cisco. And they're like their Cisco valet line. Very easy to set up. Good stuff. Good quality. We like that. We also like a couple other brands, but that's kind of my favorite. So Ricardo then follows up with a secondary comment on his Facebook question. He says, I have a router and a network. The computer I have is not Wi-Fi capable, only oh. wired Ethernet. Oh. Is there a Carter device that I can use in the old computer si. to give it Wi-Fi compatibility? Ricardo, you are in luck. If it's a desktop machine, there you have two options. One, you can put a card inside that goes in a PCI slot or a PCI Express slot or whatever that gives you wireless. But that, A, requires you to open up the machine. B, you may not have free slots. C, eh, it's just a lot of hassle. So you can get a, a little device that's like USB that plugs in and it sits on your desk or wherever, and that'll do the job of translating that device for you. Probably simpler. Now, if you have a laptop, same kind of idea. You can get a card that you'll stick in or go with the USB option. Uh, you also might want to make sure, unless it's a really, really old laptop, it probably has wireless, but it may be like a physical switch you have to turn on or right. something you have to enable somewhere. So you might want to just double check on that. You know, I had a friend who's wireless crapped out on his laptop and crapped out yeah it stopped working technical term yeah. yes and rather than fixing it he bought one of those wireless adapters a usb adapter and he was back up and running in no time so there's lots of options out there ricardo oh wait or ricardo thank you Ooh. ricky ricardo geek speak of the week ricardo <laughs> it's geek speak of the week the portion of the show where we give you a bit of the tech vernacular that you might hear bandied about that no one really understands, but you just nod your head at the cocktail party. Off the week. And we whisper. And we whisper. Ken would be ragging on us right now. Usually. Because he doesn't have the, the, the timing and rhythm and skills. No! See, I mixed it right in there. Even. You did very nicely, Brandon. This week's Geek Speak is milk. Not M I L K. M-I-L-C. It's not like... No, 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 no. Don't go there. This is a family show. Yes. Milk. Milk is geek speak for mirrorless, interchangeable lens camera. That's like camera geek speak. That is camera geek speak, but it's also tech. And you're sort of a camera geek. I am. Uh, Those are the cameras with lenses that you can take on and off and have a mirror in them. Wait, the mirror's in the lens? The mirror's in the camera body. Oh, okay. And it flips up out of the way. Right. To allow the light to get to the sensor to make the picture. Right, like most DSLR cameras from Canon and, and Nikon and, and these guys, they have that, right? So a mirrorless inter- interchangeable lens is one that the camera doesn't have that mirror that flips up. It's just a there's mirrored and there's mirrorless. And the so new, just the CCD just, just you see, raw? Yeah, right. And it just goes straight through the lens and it, it opens up and voila, the camera, the image is exposed on the sensor. But there's Viola. no... There's viola. There is no mirror. It's mirrorless, interchangeable lens cameras. All right. Geek speak of the week. Ricardo. Hey, last week we introduced you to Google Keep. And now, as we're talking about Google Keep, it got us thinking, you know, there are a lot of people who use Evernote. And if you don't use Evernote or know what Evernote is, then this segment is not for you. But let's let's just because you might not have listened last week. First of all, shame on you. Second of all, (laughs) Google Keep and Evernote, both are little apps that you can set up to keep track of things, lists of things specifically. It can be a grocery list, it can be a to-do list, it could be a honey-do list, it could be a, you name it. If you're someone who uses lists or should be using lists because you need to stay better organized, then you want to listen and you want to pay attention. I think that applies to 98.7% of you. Exactly. So, so Evernote and Google Keep both allow you to do all those things that Brandon said. Google, because of the environment that the Google documents that you use on a day-to-day basis live in, right. Google is much better at synchronizing its its information across all of your platforms. Right. They already had an engine for synchronizing stuff that powers everything else that they do, so throwing in notes is just a sort of a no-brainer. Correct. Google Notes, however, because it's so new. Google Keep. 
excuse me, Google Keep, um, doesn't compare right now to Evernote. Evernote has all kinds of cool features and things because it's a much more mature app. It's been around a long time. And so as Google Keep gets better and the improvements come along, you know, I love the fact that you can create a, a, a list of things or create a memo and then turn it into a list later on. That feature is very cool. But the functionality isn't quite there yet. It's still a very new app. So if you're going to go with, with Evernote versus Google Keep right now, I'd stick with Evernote. We have a cool elephant design, too, so that's cool. And the elephant never forgets. Hey, still ahead, should you upgrade your web browser, we'll tell you why and, well, even if you should. Also, how to get the best speed from your internet service provider. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Hey, it's the Data Doctors. Hey, lots of you come to our stores when you have computer problems. Many of you rely on our award-winning Data Doctors in-home service, where our Data Doctor comes to you. Yeah, house calls. Some of you take advantage of Data Doctors remote repair, so we fix your problem right over the internet. But did you know that we can help your office, too? That's right. Whether your office has two... 20 or 200 computers, Data Doctors Business Services takes the pain of managing your office technology away. Instead of using the Band-Aid approach to your office technology, put the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team to work for you. You'll be amazed at how much more you can get done when you're not trying to run a business and your IT department. Go to datadoctors.com and let us take away the pain. In store. At home. Over the internet. In your office. What are you waiting for? Go to datadoctors.com right now. (laughs) Like he said, go to datadoctors.com and get ready to experience award-winning service data doctors since 1988 we're the tech guys for non-tech people it's the tech show for non-tech people this is the data doctors radio program hey if you want to hear the data doctors radio program before anyone else does boy do i become a data doctors insider today how do you do it sign up for our weekly newsletter datadoctors.com slash radio All newsletter subscribers get instant access to the radio show. It's click and listen on your terms. Are you confused about something tech? Ha, you didn't hear it from us. It's the tech show for non-tech people. The Data Doctors Radio Program. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. You know, there's another way to hear the show before anybody else. Stay in the studio with us when we do it. Yeah, come do the show with us. (laughs) We should invite listeners once in a while to come in. Studio audience. Oh, yeah. I'd be so nervous. I wouldn't. (laughs) I'm not either. Not Uh, at all. What's the difference? Preferably the T-Mobile chick. Yeah, I'm sure she'll be lining right up to do that. And I just didn't. Hey, Jan asks on Facebook, just like you can, facebook.com slash data doctors. Jan says, is there any reason to install IE10? And what she's talking about with IE, of course, for those that don't know, is Internet Explorer. And 10 being the latest version. So what she's really asking is, is there a reason to upgrade to the latest version of the browser well maybe possibly well first of all um is there any reason not to maybe okay don't leave me hanging brandon so so i'm never a big fan of upgrading just because unless it comes to like security patches and updates and things that it's not really a functionality upgrade so much so so what you've got to do is step back and say okay what does ie10 have that i don't have today and do I need or want that? Or is there something causing me to have to? For example, my banking website no longer supports the browser I'm using, and so I need to upgrade in order to do something that I want to continue to do, right? These are all good reasons. In general, I think it's not a bad idea to upgrade, especially with free things like this, not the day they come out, but give them a few weeks, make sure you listen to the program, and if we don't tell you there's something bad, right. or if we tell you there's something particularly good, then then Yes. Internet Explorer 10, I personally use. I don't find problems with it. I'm not a big fan of Internet Explorer for some other reasons, and so I don't use that as my first preferred choice of browsers, but there's no reason not to upgrade to it. The only caveat, the only warning is that sometimes when you go upgrade things that are working just fine with no reason, (laughs) you do something that we fondly refer to as, if it ain't broke, fix it till it is. And, and this yep. is an example where, generally speaking, you should have no problems but whatsoever, but I don't want you to say, well, I upgraded, and ever since I did, I've got this weird problem, because anything can happen. We're talking about technology and computers, and who knows? Uh, Brandon, something you said, though, caught my attention. Everything and I say catches your attention. Not so. everything. Everything. Um, you call me at night sometimes saying, hey, that thing you said today? <laughs> I do not. I text you. 
did you ask me to come over this morning? I did. Did, did you ask and then postpone me? Because what I have to give you is very interesting. It's because I want, the, the, you have something very cool. And then it's, it's knowledge. Technology, BB. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so the better question I have for Jan and, and the thing that really caught my attention is uh, you use a different browser. Why are you still using Internet Explorer, Jan? And Brandon, why are you using a different browser and what browser is it and why do you choose it over IE? Oh, lots of questions. Yes. Um, I, I, Internet Explorer today is a heck of a lot better than it had been in the past. Okay. And so Microsoft for years said the browser comes built in and they sort of did their own thing. And that's kind of cool, but that kind of broke a lot of things. And so other browsers, and, and specifically I started using Firefox years ago because they had browser extensions, things that let me extend the experience to personalize to me, either to remember passwords on sites or to have some tools that help me do my job better, things like that. Okay. And so long before Internet Explorer sort of played catch up, Firefox did that. I liked it. I switched, I used it, and I only used Internet Explorer for things I absolutely had to. Fast forward to today where we have lots more choices. Now we have Chrome, we have Safari, we have other Mozilla-type browsers out there. There's a, there's a whole thing. Uh, well, I started using Firefox for a reason. It suited my needs, and I haven't found a reason to switch. And so today I actually primarily use Firefox, but at all times I also have another browser, usually Chrome, open to do other things. Specifically, a couple of sites I use, they perform really, really fast. In, in the Google Chrome world. And so I use those specific sites on that. And I'm, I'm a weirdo because I, I have... You're a geek. I have three monitors, and I, I but that, that helps me work better and more efficiently. Right. I can get more done with the setup the way I have for me. May not work for you. That's just the differences. And that's it's good that we have these choices because it keeps, it keeps everybody innovating. So Internet Explorer has pi- finally played some catch up the last couple of revisions, okay. and they're, they're, they really have a pretty solid product today. If I was starting out today, that's probably what I would use because it comes with the box, and it's a pretty solid deal. But make sure you have a secondary browser because yes. it's always good for troubleshooting. Yes. Hey, if you want to control your PowerPoint presentations from your smartphone, did you know that you can do it without an app? How would you do it without an app? Uh, Pressify lets you control your presentations with your iPhone. No software required. So even though it's not an app, it's going to be our this week's featured app. An app that's not an app. Correct. Check it out at datadoctors.com slash radio. You'll like it. It's easy. And if not, it's a double money back guarantee from Spanky. Thank you. Luis wants to know on Facebook, facebook.com slash datadoctors. That's where you can ask your questions as well. What's the name of the device you plug into your wall to boost your Wi-Fi? Our pastor wants one for the church so the school can get Wi-Fi as well. So that is called a range extender, usually. I, I will tell you that they work and do good less often than they do harm, they in my work experience. and do good less often. I see plenty of people who go out and spend money on these yeah. things, plug them in, and they don't either get signal boosting like they expected, or it just doesn't work. And so then they end up fidgeting with their wireless, and, and they end up, making things not work in the process. If you have a router that's older, if it's not wireless N technology, I would instead spend about the same dollars and replace that router and have a much better chance of not only speeding up the existing, but you're going to get a farther reach out of that. The other thing too is you talked about the 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 school. If it's a separate physical building, there's a chance that this will work, but you may want to look at some other ideas Uh, specifically outdoor antennas or things that actually will amplify the signal and push it further, not just a repeater. Although, you know, it it may work, but I would make sure whatever you do, buy it from a place that allows you to bring it back if it doesn't do what it says it will do or it doesn't do it for you. And you want a commercial grade, not a consumer grade. Yeah, probably. something like that. If you're going to use it in that kind of setting, I would say yes. I would be afraid that, boy, you know, getting from building to building, anyone's going to be able to access it. You've got to, there's a whole bunch of issues. Yeah, you can secure it like anything else, and that that solves most of those issues. So, I mean, that's what it's called. Your mileage may vary. Give it a shot, and make sure you get it from a place that lets you take it back. Right after the break, printing from your iPad. That's this week's Help! Plus, speeding up your internet connection. We're going to tell you how. Stick around. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Uh, I discovered this gem earlier in the week, Brandon, and I just have to share it with people who are 
stupid about their tweets. Okay. If you want to get fired from your job, there's a website that'll help speed it right along. Why would you want to get fired from your job? Well, some people are very loud and boisterous on Twitter about their bosses. Okay. Well, check out the website for yourself. We've got a link to it, datadoctors.com slash radio. The first rule of technology, restart it. Rule two, ask us at facebook.com slash datadoctors. We don't read our answers from a script. It's the tech show for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. The Data Doctors radio program. I need somebody. Not just anybody. You know I need someone. So we have a segment of the show called Help. It's this segment. The Beatles introduced it for us because they're a good sort of band to lead up to the, the main event. Because there's no other song named Help. Right, there's that. We and uh, we, another Beatles song. I get by with a little help from my friends. We take a question somebody asked, and that question gets turned into not only something that we talk about here on the air, but it also ultimately turns into a column that gets picked up in a bunch of online and print newspapers, things all over. And, uh, well... Nationwide distribution. This week, Daryl becomes famous for his question. Daryl asks, I'd like to print from my Gmail account on my iPhone or my iPad to my printer. Okay. So I'm checking with my iPhone, my iPad, my Gmail, and then right. I want to print it to my printer. But it doesn't come up in the Apple print option. So I, I, you tap on that little thing, and it says print, and you say, okay. And then the device is, it doesn't show up. Why isn't my printer there? Well, how do I set it up? What gives? Okay. So... So there's a two-part answer to this one-part question. Yeah. There's a very small list of printers that are Apple device compatible when it comes to that print option from your iPhone, iPod, iPad. Right. And the list is so small that the chances of you accidentally having that printer, unless you purposely went out and bought one, is not very good. Right. If it doesn't say AirPrint supported... Yeah, okay. And there's a bunch of printers out there that say print from your iPad, iPod, iPad, uh, whatever the device, I, iDevice, the iDevice. Right? And it says it will work, but it still doesn't show up in the menu. And you're going, well, how is this possible? It's possible through some magic from our buddies over at Google. And it really has nothing to do with Gmail necessarily. Or the device itself. Or the device itself. Google has something. They've had it for a while. In fact, we talked about it when it first came out on this program called Google Cloud Print. And it's, it's, you, you go on your desktop or laptop computer, whatever device is on your network that can print to that printer already and your regular computer. And you need to get Google Chrome browser. Remember, we talked about always having two browsers. Mm-hmm. Here's another good reason to have a second browser, in this case, Google Chrome. And you get into the settings, which you can get to in a couple of different ways. And we won't go into the specifics because we'll have the step-by-step. I'll tell you how to get that in a second. But you go into the settings and you enable this Google Cloud Print option, and it requires you to have a Google account, so like a Gmail account, a a YouTube account, whatever. Anyone. You sign in, and what it does is it creates this connection, this bridge, if you will, between this intelligent print driver type thing in the cloud and your home computer that's connected to your printer. But wait, there's more. But wait, there is more. You can also connect it to a printer at work. Yes. So, for example... I was leaving my house one day, and Ken needed something that I had written and wanted a physical copy to mark up. I cloud-printed it to the office printer from my house. Now, in order for this to work, the computer you set it up on, you put the Chrome on, whatever, it has to be awake or online or connected, or it has to be in its normal environment where that printer is. And, and, but as long as that machine's there and on, you can print from your iPhone, your, your Windows phone, from whatever, you can print to it, and it just sends it to that cloud service, which comes back to your computer, which goes to the printer. You don't have to be in the same building even. Nope. You don't have to be in the same continent if you don't Right. Want. You can be wherever you want to be. Now, I, I will give you a, a quick word of caution, Daryl, and this is something that if you're printing sensitive documents, make sure that you're, you're checking to see which printer you're sending it to, because if you're like me, you're, you're set up on a few different printers. Um, you send it to the wrong printer. Well, where is that going? It's sitting at, your, at 2 o'clock in the morning. You try to print it to what you think is the printer in your office in your house, but instead it's the printer at the office back at work where 
somebody's some nosy, working overnight right. and <gasps> all of a sudden your private documents for your home mortgage and yeah, your refinancing social security numbers all whatever. that stuff is exposed so right. just be careful about where you you know just double check before you click the print slow your roll sir exactly facebook.com slash data doctors anytime you have a question for us please ask us there that is the best way because it number one it helps not only you but everybody else who may have the same question and believe it or not when you ask that question, you are representative of several thousand people. Yeah. You don't believe it. And there's a few people who have written us saying, hey, you say I can ask my question on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. I refuse to be on Facebook. I'm not going there. How can I ask my question? You know what? Then the best way, if you're refusing to go on Facebook and you're looking for our help, get a friend to post on your behalf. Somebody you know is on Facebook. Get your grandson, your kid, kid your right, teacher, anybody. your nephew, your pet, your, your lizard, whatever. Because your pain helps others. And we don't want to, you know, we don't take, get satisfaction out of your pain, but we want other people to be able to learn from it so that we can help the masses, not just one. So Kevin said, I'm currently renting a cable modem, but I want to buy my own so I can save money in the long run. What should I look for? I have a very simple home network that includes a laptop, an Xbox, and a few mobile devices. I don't want to spend more than 100 bucks or so. Any brands or models I should consider, compatibility issues, whatever. I'm going to make it really simple. You want to look for something with that supports what's called the DOCSIS standard, D-O-C-S-I-S. And currently, DOCSIS 3, that's the newest, latest. It'll work on any major cable system in the country with activation. And so that device will be less than 100 bucks. I like the Motorola Surfboard. That's the brand and sort of the generic model. There's a couple others out there that are pretty good, too, but that's what I would do if it was me. Hey, hang tight. When we come back, e-reading in the sun, what are the best options out there? This is the Data Doctors radio program. It's finally here. It's time to buy a new PC, but you're stuck. Hey, it's the Data Doctors here to help get you unstuck. When you buy a new PC from Data Doctors, we actually custom configure it right down to your operating system. Windows 7, or the new Windows 8. Now, if you're ready to be a trailblazer with your new Data Doctors PC, we'll configure it with the new Windows 8. But let's say you're not ready to jump feet first into the pool. If you like what you're used to, we can custom configure a Data Doctor system with Windows 7. We even have a third option. We can install Windows 8, but give you the look and feel you're used to, you know, the start button and all, and that way you're ready to go. And with any Data Doctors PC purchase, we transfer all the important stuff from your old computer for free. Windows 7 or Windows 8, Data Doctors gives you the freedom to choose. Oh, and if you have a PC and you want us to handle the upgrade, we can do that too. Now, get ready to experience award-winning service from Data Doctors. To find the location nearest you, go to datadoctors.com right now. Data Doctors. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. Hey, Spanky, you're you're lazy, right? Of course you are. What? No! Of course you are. Alrighty then. Hey, you need a reminder to do everything. That makes you lazy. No! There's a 99 cent app. It'll beat you into submission with that lazy reminder thing that you got it's going on. pretty obnoxious, but it's a great reminder. You app. can check it out, datadoctors.com slash radio. On air. Online. On demand. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen live. Download podcasts. And get helpful links. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Man, we have been bombarded with Facebook questions this week. That's a good thing. We tell them to ask their questions. We give them only two links pretty much for the entire show is datadoctors.com slash radio, which has a link to Facebook, or facebook.com slash datadoctors, where they can just ask their question directly. And people ask, because we tell them. And wouldn't you? I mean, you get free help. That's right. Easy. Sharon said, hey, I love to relax by reading outside. Yes, in the sun. Uh, uh, make sure you use your sunblock. You know don't want to wind up with problems. What's the best tablet, etc., to buy? I don't know what the etc. part is, but a tablet. I have a Kindle Fire. Oh, God. And it's useless in the sun. Yeah. I'm frustrated. Please help me. You actually probably want a device that is specifically designed for e-reading and really e-reading only, meaning not a tablet necessarily. You want, like... A Kindle Paperwhite. Yep. Something that... So, so the difference between a tablet and an e-reader, Sharon, is that the tablet is designed to do multiple things and has this glass screen. It's, and like, a, it's like your laptop or your TV right. or whatever. It's a regular backlit with a fluorescent bulb or LED lighting, right? And it's, right. it's really cool for really high-resolution pictures and gaming and all the different things you want to do. But when it comes to reading, especially 
in highlight situations, not so good. Right. So the e-readers use something called e-ink, which is a white screen that has black lettering, and it's very easy to see. It's actually charcoal gray. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> Who cares? It's black. It looks black to me. I just like to be accurate with people, but go ahead. Sharon, it's charcoal gray. See? Lettering. See? Sharon, it makes a difference. Okay, fine. Black is harsh and just charcoal gray is beautiful. (laughs) Shoot me, please. In the head so I don't come back as a zombie. No. Okay. So you want to look at one of those. And if you were to sell your Kindle Fire, you'd probably make enough money off of it to buy your e-reader. Or you'd make enough to get two, maybe. I was Because e-readers are really inexpensive. Now, the downside to the e-reader is that they pretty much are good for books. Right. Basic, like, email, things that are text-based. Uh, they're like the old green screen computers we used to use that they're good for text, but not so much for anything else. But there's a huge upside to them. Which is? If you fully charge an e-reader before oh, yeah. you go on a trip. Huge life. You don't have to. If you forget your charger at home, no, no problem. Unless you're gone like on a trip around the world, you're good. Yeah. this The battery in this thing lasts forever. It hardly uses any juice to run. And they're great devices. So uh, recommending an e-reader with the e-ink. Uh, Kindle Paperwhite's a good one for you. Check it out. We've got a link for you, Sharon. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Hey, Spank, you were telling me about this Intel TV where Intel's getting involved in, in pay TV services. And what? And there's some kind of new update. What? Tell me. I don't even know. So you, you know there's been rumors flying around for a while about Apple and creating some device that where Apple is going to have their own TV set, their own TV device. Yeah. And, and they're, they're bridging. Like Apple TV. Correct, but different. This is an actual TV screen right. that has some intelligence and, and is connected to content providers where you could get streaming versions of shows, not just like Hulu Plus where you get it the next day. Well, now there's uh, information out there that Intel has a bunch of providers that they're negotiating with right now for planned online pay TV service. So cutting out the middleman, cutting out your cable company. Or middlewoman. Or satellite provider. Right. Okay. And directly buying your subscription from the provider. You can already do this a little bit like with HBO Go, right? You're buying it from HBO versus buying it from your cable provider who buys it from HBO. And so obviously the cable and satellite and other giants of the world aren't thrilled about this, but... The consumer is because it's cost savings. And, you know, we have 500 channels, 90% we don't care about and are garbage to us. Somebody cares about them in theory. And so this allows you to sort of tailor your TV service to you and what you care about. And it's the direction that people are going in. I mean, we're all heading in that direction. Uh, One of the networks, which isn't a network, AMC, I I guess they're a network. They're just not a... Mainstream network. It used to be called American Movie Classics, which doesn't fit at all what they do anymore. So the name is AMC, and nobody knows what that means, and they probably like it that way. That's where Walking Dead and Breaking Bad live. Yeah. Um, Great shows. They're one of those experimental companies that are doing some, you know, they're signing some relationship deals. They get it. They do get it. This this reminds me of music 15 years ago when Napster came on the scene, and everybody was freaking out in the music industry, and... People want to be able to buy songs one at a time, not album at a time. Right. And people want to be able to buy the television they want to be able to buy and not be forced to take huge packages of things they don't care about. And so the world will adapt. And the people that understand that that's what the world wants, you better give them what they want because they will find a way to do it. They're smart. And and there's a few companies on board with that. And Intel seems to be getting involved. You know, Brandon, when we cut the cord, and that means we got rid of our satellite provider, okay, in our house. Are you still living that way? We're still living that way. And and we are thrilled. How much will you save annually? um, Okay, so $120 a month is what we were spending. But now you're spending something different. We're spending $16 a month. For Hulu Plus and Netflix. So my goat math says that's $104. Yep. Let's just do it $100 to $100 make it easy. $100 to make it easy. $1,200 a year. year. Over the course of five, you could go on a couple of nice vacations. Yes, we could. So we're living that way. We've cut the cord. And now with these options that are coming available like this, this, this is looking better and better for us. Um, HBO, by the way, with their Go, HBO Go. HBO tried something in the Nordic countries that was so successful, and it was HBO streaming on demand. Was it HBO Husker Du? <laughs> yeah. Um, and HBO streaming became so popular in the Nordic countries, they're going to expand it out to other markets now where you could just pay HBO direct 
and get the stream directly from HBO. Again, cutting out the middleman. Very interesting. I like that. This space is always a changing. I'm sure it will be the topic of discussion almost weekly here, integrated in everything else we talk about. So if you're interested, you just stick around to shows in the future. We're always going to talk about it. This is the tech show for non-tech people, the Data Doctors radio program. Remember, questions? Ask us at facebook.com slash data doctors. And also remember, we deal with computers and technology problems for a living. It's what we do, and we're experts at this stuff. We can help you in our stores, in your home, at your business, wherever you see the sign Data Doctors, we can help. We even can remote in right over the internet to help you fix your computer. And if you like your program, let your friends know. They too can listen to us, the Data Doctors can be heard worldwide on Stitcher Radio. It's the Data Doctors, Spanky and Brandon reminding you, we're everywhere. Catch us next time. Get all your tech answers in English at datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This, this is the Data, the Data Doctors, Doctors Radio, radio program. program.